This war represents a failure to listen. Release your anger. Only your hatred can destroy me. Something terrible has happened. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Anger, fear, aggression, the dark side of the force I made. Let the past die. Kill it if you have to. No, no, you're still holding on! Let go! Biggest problem in this universe is nobody helps each other. That's how we're gonna win. Not fighting what we hate. Saving what we love. Hello, and welcome to Who Shot First, a Star Wars controversy podcast. I'm your host, Alex. And I'm your other host, Ethan. And today we are continuing our four-part episode on the character of Finn and how he is portrayed in the Star Wars universe. In our last episode, we discussed the controversy around the marketing of Finn for The Force Awakens. And we had the wonderful Broaxium co-host Chris on. It was a fantastic episode, and if you have not seen, heard, listened to that yet, go check that out. Uh, and today we will be talking about Finn's character in The Force Awakens and the controversies surrounding it of is there either racism or is it more implicit bias or is there nothing at all? Yeah. What we've found is that there is the minimum of what happened to his character is a unknown bias uh, of his character of against going against him and using him as a character that reinforces the stereotyping of African-American actors in Hollywood. So, right. Yeah, so that is where we are going to be diving in. We're going to be discussing each thing. We will be bringing up counterpoints. So this is going to be a more direct episode of discussing um, the, the film and kind of the, a criticism of the film. Uh, just to let you all know, as well, like as most of you know, we are two white men, so we are not we are not people of authority when discussing this. But this is through research that we've been able to find uh, through other uh, black voices and other people who who do a lot know a lot more than we do about these issues. So let's get started. Yes, this is where the fun begins. So basically, the, to begin with, I recently rewatched the movie, and I was very intrigued with the Finn character as we watch him be introduced. Because when he's introduced, he is full-heartedly given he is Force-sensitive. Because as Chris mentioned in the last episode, he stops, he does not, does not fire when anything happens. When he is second-guessing his role... There is a definite shot where Kylo Ren literally stops and stares at Finn. Yep. And there's the only way that happens is if he can feel Finn. And right. so again, like that's that's implying that there's some kind of connection there. Another thing that I didn't I didn't realize later on, or I did realize but didn't make the connection, is that the moment the First Order says we've been like one of our own betrayed us. General Hux. Is it a resistance pilot? Yes. And he had help from one of our own. We're checking the registers now to identify which stormtrooper it was. The one from the village. FM 2187. Kylo Ren immediately knows who it is. 
He's just like yeah. FN2187, the man from the village. He's He knows. So he's already gotten that sense that there's something yeah. about, about this stormtrooper. Yeah. So again, very intriguing. My issue, an issue that a lot of people have found, is that Finn is immediately kneecapped by having by being such kind of a blundery comedy character. Yes, I was I was just going to say, yep, uh, that you really it, the emotional at least for me, the emotional kind of gravity you start to feel of the, of his choice to stop firing and question his his whole training and everything is is uh, you said it perfectly, kneecapped in the sense it's like he starts to be this like goofy joke cracking guy. I don't know, just for me personally, it takes it took some of the seriousness away from his character right off the bat. Oh, it does, because literally he comes and he makes this decision. Again, he makes this big, huge decision that he's going to defect or that he's leaving. And he goes yeah. and he's, he tells, he tells Poe, like, we need to leave. I'm here to rescue you. You with the resistance? Why? No, no, no. I'm breaking you out. Can you fly a type? I can fly anything. Why? Why are you helping me? Because it's the right thing to do. You need a pilot. I need a pilot. Instead of it being like this monumental, all right, he's here to rescue me, and let's go do this, they immediately turn it into a joke of, because he goes like, so why are you doing this? And he goes, because it's the right thing to do. That should have been the end of it. Right there. Mm -hmm. like, it's the right thing to do because I need to leave, and this is the right thing to do. Instead, it turns into immediately, you need a pilot. And he immediately responds, yep, I need a pilot. I need a pilot. Yep, that's the only reason I'm doing this. That's the only... Exactly. The only reason he's doing this. And then, as they're walking to the TIE fighter, Finn goes... Okay, stay calm, stay calm. I am calm. I'm talking to myself. Of, like, making that joke of, like, okay, he's not the brave, awesome character that we were led to believe with all the marketing, and, like, he's a stormtrooper. He should be powerful. He should know what he's doing. And it's kind of, like, immediately taking that out. Yeah, you're right because I mean, I mean, he did have stormtrooper training. You'd think that that training would at least have kick into the sense of being calm under pressure like that. And I mean, I, I guess I don't know how often these guys, sh you know, show their faces outside of their helmets and stuff. But you think he'd, ha I don't know, blend in enough that he, that he shouldn't be as concerned or as as worried as he is. I would think the character would have more have more confidence, maybe more. Correct. No, and I I completely agree with that. And a lot of other people do, too. So... I got a bad feeling about this. Gina Hardy is, is where I'm going to get a lot of my information from. So Gina Hardy is a writer for Fanfare um, and Medium.com. And she wrote a star, an article called The Force Awakens and the Story of Finn. And so, so she wrote a story about how... The character of Finn is, again, not necessarily deliberately bad or deliberately racist, but it is a, a problem of being, again, as Chris, and you actually brought up, of the lack of diverse yeah. writers in the, in the room. And it's, it's basically white people writing yep. for a black person. And the, the biggest piece of that is that 
similar to the, the the jokes that we talked about in the and how it is it like maybe it, it comes off as wrong and the the humor it was very interesting reading this article because in the in the article it says that JJ uh, Abrams basically transplants the same physical humor that he put on James T Kirk in mm-hmm. the Star Trek reboot and he puts it on Finn but then he doesn't there's no real thought of how it comes off with a black character to a black audience he doesn't give Finn, the character, any of the confidence that James T. Kirk yeah. has. Because James T. Kirk, like, Kirk, like, in that movie, in those movies, like, he's, he's confident and bad, but, like, that's kind of, like, that's the joke, is that he's super confident in himself. Bad things happen to him just because they kind of deserves it. A little bit. because But that's the joke, is because he's a jerk and he, or yes. he's, he's overconfident. And so Abrams just basically is like, yep, we're going to put that humor right onto the Finn character. And the Finn character doesn't get any of that confidence. It's he's always I'm afraid. I'm yeah. I'm trying to get away. Which again, I don't want to minimize. Of like that is a valid character. That is a valid feeling. But then to put that on him and then have this other underlying piece. It again it yeah, undercuts just, the character. It makes them weaker. Oh, and just, right. Just to be that. That's, I mean, it's okay to have that as a character, but to have that be like their main character trait at the beginning of being, you know, afraid and, and yeah, un, un, unconfident to that be the, be the main focal point of their characters is, is a shame is wrong. Yeah. And right. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I thought that was a, a really interesting point about taking the character of James T. Kirk and, Trans- or transferring that same character traits to an African American character, uh, and and thinking that it it translates perfectly the same, or, and but in the same process you're removing some of the important traits, uh, putting it onto Finn. I thought, yeah, I mean, like again, I yeah, it, that was a very interesting story that I I, I hadn't realized yeah. that when I read that, and so that was that was a big thing for me as well. I agreed because again, it's it's. There is a lot of physical humor, unfortunately. Yes, in my opinion. I mean, Finn literally is like drinking out of a trough yeah. for animals. Yeah. And again, this—I don't think this is necessarily a de- deliberate. Like we are trying to be stereotyping. We're trying to be negative towards this character, but they're not thinking about how this would be viewed. Exactly. They're not thinking about implicit bias, or they're not thinking about anybody. Because it's literally you have an, a black man drinking out of a trough of water from that is disgusting that he knows is disgusting, but he still drinks out of, and then the animal knocks him over, of like, nope, this is my disgusting water. Right. Get away. As if you know that even the animal is is above him in the sense of like can't have can't even have any of my water, you know. Right. And it's just like if any if another person if a white character does this if a a woman does this, it might have been better. But again, like I think it's the James T. Kirk thing of it's a white guy. If a white guy does this, you're fine. Like, again, it's, oh, it's humorous. The guy is desperate for water and he's so desperate this is what it is. But again, there's so many implicit biases, meaning that there's so many things that people don't realize what they're saying. They don't realize what they're seeing and how they perceive it. Yeah. And like... There's so many microaggressions, and I don't people know about microaggressions, but like microaggressions are small little things 
that basically reducing that person. It's micro. It's not like I'm going to be racist to you. It's I'm going to make a comment of, oh, you're so good. Yes. You're one of the good ones. One of the good ones. That phrase is a horrible microaggressions of like, oh, I'm so glad you were able to make it. I'm so surprised. Or even just, I'm surprised at how well-mannered you are. That's like, I'm surprised at how well-mannered you are. Why? That is a, a big microaggression. And so it's, there's so many of those throughout this film that, again, are not... I don't think they're deliberate, but it's just... It's small little things of like, oh, he's drinking out of the trough. Oh, he's getting beaten up because he's mm-hmm. being accused of stealing. Oh, these things are happening. And it's just... It's so frustrating watching that happen. Because, again, it's a fun movie. Like, I enjoy the movie. There's just so many things that... I could feel comfortable as a white man watching this film and not try to think about that. But if an African-American community wants to watch this film, they have to kind of look past the issues, which is just it's not okay. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's interesting kind of talking about this film and this character in 2020. You know, when this, this, this Force Awakens film came back, came out in like 2015, and the article you mentioned was written yeah. this or last year, and so it's just kind of interesting to have watched like the Force Awakens so many times, and really start to just notice these things more and more, and and even as I get okay, get more educated myself about about these types of of lingering issues in Hollywood and with actors of color too, is is been really eye-opening and yeah just to just to just to go back and watch all those watch the movie again and yeah just to just to see all that stuff is is been quite interesting yep i I would say frustrating too because yeah you're just like i thought and again i commend all the the people out there that are fighting for equality that are fighting for this I think this isn't talked about enough in the Star Wars mm-hmm. fandom, for sure. And that's kind of the reason we're, we're tackling this issue, is because we, we need to talk about things that are... You can still enjoy the film, but you, can, you have to acknowledge that there are probably some issues with it. And it's just the way life is. It's the way Hollywood is. I mean, we, you can still watch movies from back in the 30s and enjoy them, but you still have to acknowledge that they're not portraying characters the best. Oh, yeah. And so, again, it's you have to understand what's happening, and then you can acknowledge it and still maybe enjoy it, but still acknowledge that there are there are problems. Yeah, exactly. Just having that conversation and and even those discussions about about that kind of stuff is is super important. And but just like you said, it's you can certainly enjoy those films and still just it's important, right, to discuss why some people would find this material offensive or... And exactly, like, that's the biggest thing is, I I completely agree with you there, because if somebody comes to see The the Force Awakens and they don't like the movie because of what they do to Finn, I have no right to tell them that they're wrong. You have no right to tell them that they're wrong. Nobody has any right to tell them that they're wrong. And that's the problem with Star Wars fandom now, is that if anybody has any kind of critique of something that you like, you immediately take that as a critique of yourself. Yeah, you take offense. Yep. And 
you take offense to it and you're like that's it's not a critique of you you have to be able to look at something critically you have to be able to look at it and say this is wrong and or this is i can see why they think this is bad and if they don't want to like mm -hmm. it they don't have to like it this is a free country you can do whatever you want so that's the biggest issue with that but again we digress a little bit but let's so we can jump back into to finn and continuing with like the the microaggressions there's just a ton of them with the comedic timing and the comedic aspect of Finn's character. Another microaggression is he's always saved. Like, mm -hmm. he, he can never win a battle, as Chris brought up last episode as well, of every time he's fighting somebody, he's he gets a last-minute save. So he's, again, a crack shot with a blaster rifle, but otherwise competent with a lightsaber, but he's not... He's beaten, and then he is saved... Because another character decides, oh, I can shoot a bowcaster. And so that gets shot and that saves him. Or Daisy Ridley saves him again when he's he gets beaten by Kylo Ren. Yep. And as as Chris said in, in our last interview, like all people of color are looking for is a kick butt character that on the same level afforded to pretty much everyone else on the film. So every time Ray is in a battle, she gets out of it. She's great. She she I mean she even saves herself. That's another like microaggression is that Finn's like I got to go save uh Ray and when he goes to save Ray, she's already basically saved herself or started to save herself. And so that is an argument that people hold against her and I'm like he's still helpful. It is still imperative that he goes and tries to save her. But people can then take that of like, oh, well, she saved herself. She didn't really need him there. Why is he there? He's not, he's no, he, he, he serves no purpose. Yeah. And another one that I didn't even realize, except for from this, this article, which I think is really good, is he, he, he's the only one that doesn't understand or that we can see that is shown that doesn't understand what Chewie or BB-8 is saying. Yeah. And it comes off as a puzzling creative choice to single him out in a world where everyone understands robots and Wookiees. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting because you're right. I mean, yeah, he's, he's, he asks he people what, what they said or, what, the, or what, the, what they mean or translation. And that's, you're right. That's, I, I had not thought about that. I wonder why. Yeah. Because Ray yeah. and Poe can can each in understand BB-8. Yeah, they just do. Yeah, he can't. Ray can for sure understand Chewie. I don't think Poe interacts with Chewie enough to um, uh, to yeah. know for sure. But translating for Chewie, right? So I mean, you got Han Solo there, and he understands Chewie. Yeah. He understands Chewie, and so it's just constantly. So I mean, you have two main characters of 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 the Force Awakens being Han Solo and Ray. They both understand Chewie, and yeah. He doesn't. And, and they're, they're on the screen most of the time. And he doesn't understand it. And so it's, again, I think, narratively, I think the idea, and this, this is not, I think it's a poor choice. I think the reason for it probably is they're trying to make it so that, the, that you feel you identify with Finn. And so he's, he's the, the world of the audience. Sure. Because we don't understand him. But... Even when Ray understands BB-8 on Jakku, like we understand what BB-8 is saying based off of what Ray says to BB-8. Yeah, exactly. 
You're okay. He's with the resistance. He's gonna get you home. We both will. So it's not like we need him there to no, translate and, for and us. And so we never did. We never had, a, as far as I know, we never had a character in the original trilogy or anything that like blatantly didn't understand droids or like needed translation. It was always you're right. It always. I I think I think our I think C three PO was the translation though. Right, I guess, but he, I think he was he was more involved of in the translation. But I don't think there was that much interaction with droids. I think that's the biggest piece with this new with the that's new trilogy cool. is there's a lot more interactions and the droids are more of characters. Yeah, and so it's very it's easier to have them. And again. I think this is a narrative choice that they don't realize what's happening. Again, they don't realize the negative impact that this is having, that this can have on a community. Because in their mo in most of Star Wars now, post-Disney buy, almost everybody mm -hmm. can understand droids. Like, it's just a thing. I, I'm not a huge fan of that, but it's, that's just the way things are. But then they pick a certain character that is black, and he's the one... That's that's the, that's the main character, and it's pointed out yeah. that he doesn't understand. And it's again, it's that that those microaggressions. But it's like, hey, that's not okay. That so, yeah, yeah no, that and uh, that I found that I I really enjoyed, and the biggest microaggression, I would I would even call this above a microaggression because I think Lawrence Kasdan and and J J Abrams like literally did not realize that they were right didn't realize they were writing for a black character because again like that's what i think most of this is mm -hmm. from honestly because as we talked about in the last episode the in from the beginning finn's character was supposed to be sam and sam was supposed to be white right so sam sam was written as a white right, right. blonde character and then they yeah and so as we talked about sam witwer was possibly going to be the guy there and then they changed okay. him to a black character, but they didn't take into account that he is a black person and that there are implicit biases from people. Because if it's a white person, and so here's the single most damaging moment that even Chris brought up, is when Finn's character talks about how he is a janitor. Sanitation. Yes. He goes, so what did you do here? And he says, I worked sanitation. Yeah, sanitation. Yep. The flooding tunnel's over that ridge. We'll get in that way. What was your job when you were based here? Sanitation. Sanitation? <laughs> then how do you know how to disable the shields? I don't. I'm just here to get Ray. This is Finn as a joke, but like it completely destroys Finn as a character, in my opinion. Because he literally has been said, like, through, up, leading up to that moment, he said, like, I know how to get onto Star... I, like, you get me on Starkiller Base, I can take it down. I can yeah, do I'll this. Guide you through. Yep. I'll guide you through it. You get me there, I'll do this. Yeah. And then as just a joke, just a joke, they say, yeah. hey, what's, what, what did you do here? Oh, I worked in sanitation. Oh. Yeah, it just felt like a, it felt like a total kind of, like, throwaway line, like a joke, like, oh, ha-ha, sanitation. It's supposed to be, but, yeah, the ha-ha, but then again, it's showing that he yeah. do they don't care about this character, I feel. Or certainly not enough to give him an actual, something actually 
impressive or or kind of better than a janitor. Right. And, and I mean, like, as Chris said earlier in the last episode, if you're in the military, there are jobs that you'd work on sanitation. You just like it's just part of the role. But like in movies, you don't do that. In movies, that is not portrayed yeah, in that way. So it's, yeah, there's people who are not going to know that, of that, that that happens. Like, you portray, yeah. it's like, if you are a serious character and you are a cool BA character, they are going to give you a cool BA job. They're going to say, oh, he was a mechanic or he was... Yeah, one of the stars of the movie. He's a mechanic or he was an engineer on it or he guarded the, the, the room that, that that's where you take it. Like, yeah. something along those lines. Yeah. And oh, they give him a sanitation joke. Yep. And then he's and then it completely undermines everything because he's just like, I don't know how to do. I don't know what we're gonna do. I'm just here to save Ray. <laughs> That's all I know. And you're yeah. like, you don't know even know how to do that. Yep. So it's just incredibly frustrating with that. And yeah. And so again, as we continue going with that, he goes. So again, he doesn't know how he's gonna do it. He gets there and she's already saved. Yep. So again, like she's fighting again, and this is where I brought up last time as well about how I think it is. It was a an idea of all right, Ray can save herself, so she doesn't need the patriarchy, and she can. It can be kind of more of a feminist film. Yep. Which I'm, 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 I support of. But then they didn't think about the effect it would have on an, on another character, on on Finn. They didn't think about how it was going to be all of this and how that would portray oh so he wasn't necessarily necessary to get to there he wasn't necessary to get there because the only thing that he does that is beneficiary is brings the millennium falcon yep or he knows phasma i guess well right he has but that, i mean yeah he has that connection with her i guess right which again I, I i agree with you of just it was such a wasted opportunity even in this film, even I think even in this film, like not even going to Last Jedi, I think this this film it was wasted because literally she just shuts down. Like they pull her over and they say, "Hey, show us where to go," yeah. and she literally just shuts it down. There's no cat and mouse. There's no argument. Again, there's no opportunity for Finn to show how cool he is. Yeah, exactly. It's there's no like duel between the two of them to like get her to release the, the shields. Yeah. They really don't give him any time to shine throughout that whole sequence, that whole time on the Starkiller base there, until he has that brief interaction with Kylo Ren. Right, again. and and just before we get to that one too, like they they portray him as again as a joke. He doesn't understand that he doesn't understand that Han Solo is pantomiming. Look behind you. And so, like, when Ray is climbing up out of the... When, they, when they're on Starkiller Base and Ray is escaping... Yeah. And he goes, like, we gotta go find... We gotta go find Ray. And literally, Han Solo is going, like, look behind you. Doing, like, the head nod of look behind you. And you're making him seem like a complete idiot. Yeah. And again, not knowing what he's... He's just like, oh, what are you doing? What are you doing with this head nod thing? I'm trying to talk to you seriously. He's just like, look behind you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's like, look behind you, bud. And you're like, again, I think it's written for a different character. And it, they're not realizing what kind of implication this can have on a person of color. Right. That, exactly. Those, that, those lines and, and 
jokes might it would might work on a different exactly different character but it comes off when it's a black character as as yeah like you said microaggressions and yeah so and but then with the, with a with a fight with with Kylo Ren like a lot of people argue that 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 is like he 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 stands his ground against a Sith and he's not force sensitive or anything well not a Sith but yeah or sorry but whatever yeah. again poor writing there but yeah. neither here not not this episode uh, but so he's he's fighting a dark side user and he survives yes and like actually cuts him and stuff like that but then gets beaten quick side note we should make it we should make an episode about how disney ruined lightsabers oh i disagree wholeheartedly with that so that would be an interesting episode i meant i i meant in sort of like their damage and stuff because like he because t- kylo ren takes oh, oh oh okay or takes the lightsaber to finn's back it looks like yeah and he survives yep so, but. oh okay no okay no yeah we can have an episode on that too yeah no, okay. I thought you meant like the look. I like Kylo Ren's lightsaber. No, no. I meant sorry. So, I meant their okay. their effect, their damage, their damage yes. effect. Got it. Okay. All right. But then continuing, they didn't realize the audience that they were courting because they guess as we talked about earlier, they were trying to bring in the African American audience, mm-hmm. and they did not give that. They did not give Finn the hero's journey. No, the hero's journey not. of 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 running of realizing he's made a mistake and needs to try to find himself. He, we look like he's going to find himself and beat Kylo Ren. And they decide, nope, she, he doesn't need that. They're going to give it to Rey. And again, Rey has already like established herself as a force user, that she's very powerful. Yes. Yep. And again, I understand that this is a very powerful moment. And a lot of people really like this moment, especially Raylo's. And all that kind of stuff, which is fine if you like it. But did she really need this moment? Is the question. This is so. This is the this is the moment in the film that really just you know after watching it so many times, just it really is the biggest missed opportunity in in my opinion of like okay, here's an opportunity. Here's an opportunity. You're not really expecting. You're everyone's expecting Ray and Kylo to battle it out. You know what? What a cool opportunity then to sort of kind of pull a switcher or a switcheroo or, or have Finn instead. Yeah. Yeah, yep. exactly. Have Finn instead pick up that lightsaber and kind of confirm that he is a force wielder kind of unbeknownst to him, but kind of discovers it in that moment and uses it to at least, at least push, at least ward off Kylo until the Falcon gets there. But like, just like you said, it, he gets he gets taken out, and that that arc of defective stormtrooper to realization of the bad things that I'm doing that story arc just totally falls flat, and it's it is frustrating, absolutely. Yeah, I have a a, a really important piece that I think from that uh, the 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 same article by Gina Hardy. And she, she writes, it's a bit of a long uh, quote, but I think it's, it's important. So this is our, Abram's argument of why Finn's characteristics were not defined and why it was that kind of thing. So, so this is from the article. Abrams argued a lack of confidence in the script as the reason for the reduction of Finn. 
In the end, he and Kasdan chose to err on the side of vagueness, promising the future backstories by way of the reveal of Finn and Rey's surnames. Rewrites and reshoots stripped from Finn and Rey a lot of definitive characteristics. Abrams's coyness with their backgrounds robs them of the strength provided to Luke and Anakin in their stories. Abrams and Kasdan depend on the audience to fill in the blanks with their own biases and knowledge of the Star Wars universe learned prior. But there is no greater failing than failing to properly capitalize on the finer points of Finn's characterization and outright not getting your central cast of characters together. When one considers the whiteness of Star Wars, Lucasfilm still has problems with envisioning black characters as heroic leads without undercutting them in some fashion. By reducing Finn's story in this respect, using him as a red herring, it sends a fairly unfortunate message. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Again, it's allowing the, the audience to fill in the blanks. And unfortunately, there's still a lot of bias and racism in the Star Wars universe. Oh, just, yeah, and amongst the fandom, too. Exactly. Well, that's what I mean. No, that's what I meant oh, yeah. by the Star Wars universe. Yeah, yeah sorry. Is, is the, there's still a lot of bias and, and racism in the Star Wars fandom. Yeah. And it is, again, the whole boycott Star Wars or <laughs> Star Wars episodes, Episode 7 or the stop appropriating white stories hashtag, which was horrible. Mm-hmm. Because there is no such thing as appropriation of white culture because we... That's a whole nother thing to talk about. But uh, it's just like it was the fact that and again, we're going back to what we talked about earlier, though. But like Disney never came out and said anything about this. No. Again, they didn't communicate at all that they stood behind John Boyega. Yep. They didn't communicate at all that they were like, hey, you have we have your back. And these people who are being inappropriate to you and racist and everything we're going to we're going to cover for you. They didn't do that. And so by not doing that, they don't get the benefit of the doubt that oh, we were just going to fill in the blanks later and that's the bias of the audience, not us. Yeah. And you don't you don't get that benefit of the doubt because you did not respond at all and you did not help out the people that were making your movies. Yeah, exactly. And and people right, people voicing their their concerns and their and how upset they were about it and exactly just to remain silent only to come out later and admit that you were wrong or or that it could have been handled better yeah uh, long long yeah. after that movie has come out after the series is over yes. the trilogy is over to say oh we handled that wrong yeah you know and i think that might actually lead uh, really nicely into what you found out about the rumors of why yeah Finn's character was was reduced. I got a bad feeling about this. We don't know this for fact, but the, this is this is our strong rumors. Uh, so, what did you find out? Speculation. Yep. Uh, yeah. So, some, uh, one of the big speculations is that part of the, the reason his character was sidelined so much was due to trying to please the Chinese market and the Chinese investors. They they didn't want a character of color to be the prominent figure in in the movie. Or if they, if if China didn't, the Chinese didn't outright say that, but that was what was perceived at Disney was if we don't, if we make 
an African-American character more prominent or the, or the main character, this will hurt our Chinese release and, and profit because they potentially... Right, there you go. Potentially might not show it in the country at all, thus cutting off our, our money supply. Right, there's the key word, profit. Yeah. Profit. Of like, yep, and that they, that they, were, uh, they wanted to appease them I mean, and there's there's credibility to that rumor. This comes from, unfortunately, the Chinese government and apparently the country. And I, I didn't know this until I think The Force Awakens. Like, they have still a, a large racism problem that is similar to the United States, but theirs is a little more open, I guess? in the, Out in the open of blatant? Blatant. Of where they... Yeah, it's blatant versus ours is a lot more hidden or attempting to be hidden, but that they reduce they literally reduce the size of the character Finn on the the Chinese poster. Right. They Force, Force Awakens. They shrunk him down to make yep. him not as important because they knew that people uh that the that, that people in China might not go see the movie if he was a main character. If he was more prominent. Yes. Yeah. That's crazy to me. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And to have it be kind of just blatant like that. That's just really, really disappointing. Mm-hmm. One actually thing that we, we did forget, or not necessarily forget, but we didn't talk about, is uh, how Finn gets his name. Oh. We totally forgot. We, we did not talk about that earlier. And so it, it's interesting reading it, the, the research that I found on it. Because Oscar Isaac is Peruvian. He is a person of color. Mm-hmm. But throughout most of the Star Wars trilogy, of that trilogy, people view him as passing, as, as, a, as a, white, a white person. Yes. And so in a lot of the articles that I was reading that talked about this, they view it as a white person gives Finn his name. And I'm not... Sure, if I believe that it's a white person, but it's still very problematic either way. It is, it, he, like, the fact that Poe, he says, Hey, what's your name? FN2187. F, what? That's the only name they ever gave me. Well, I ain't using it. FN, huh? Finn, I'm gonna call you Finn, is that all right? Finn. Yeah, Finn, I like that. I like that. I'm Poe, Poe Dameron. Good to meet you, Poe. Good to meet you too, Finn. There's no, it's not like, hey, come up with your own name. Or, hey... Yeah, choose your own name. FN, okay. Like, just call him FN. You don't have to give him... Like, you just met this person. Like, again, they're on screen. Like, this whole interaction is, like, five minutes before they're separated again. Yeah. And it's like, this was not necessary. You didn't need to put that... You didn't even need to have that in there. You didn't have to... He didn't have to ask, what's your name? Like, there there was no need for that other than to introduce the name. And I'm like, you could have had him come up with his own name on Jakku. Like, you could have done something yeah. different and have him come up with his own name. Yes, you could have done that. Right. And so, yeah, that, that was the, the big thing. Another article that I found written by, I'm, I apologize if I say this wrong, it is written by Jarella Cox. It was written in January of 2016. So this came out, like, right after Force Awakens. So this was not... Separate, and according to, and in the article it says, the article's title, title is, Despite what you've heard, 
Disney's Star Wars The Force Awakens is racist. And the reason she gives, which are very, very valid, all of which, and we've we've talked about most of them, is that the movie still promotes age-old stereotypes of black men. And so going down the list of, of different different stereotypes that it promotes is Finn's life story casts him as a slave. So he's taken by the First Order and he's taken as a slave. Yeah. Then another one, his name is given to him by the original slavers, FN2187, but then is named Finn by Poe Dameron later on, which we just talked about. Okay. Finn is a buffoon. We got a character who yep. couldn't win one fight on his own and who repeatedly needed saving and who didn't get a traditional win. He never wins a battle. It's always it's always somebody else is saving him or yep. something happens and he doesn't get it, at which we talked about. Yep. Right. Uh, and when it's we time for him to be competent, what is he competent at? His special skill that earns him a place in a rebel plot to destroy the bad guy's evil base. He was a janitor there once. Then there's one actually that's that we haven't talked about and that is has actually been confirmed by an author is that Finn doesn't get the girl in the end of the movie. In traditional action movies, usually the main character kind of ends up with the girl in Hollywood. That is the fact. Sure. And despite what all Raylos say, there is hints that there's kind there was a plan or something going on between Ray and Finn. That something could have evolved later on. There was chemistry there and everything. Yeah, they had chemistry. Well, now according yeah. to yeah. Sci-Fi Wire, Alan Dean Foster, the author of the novelization of A Force Awakens, has stated that Disney told him to cut out scenes that had Ray and Finn being more explicitly in a relationship or interested in each other. Ah, so he wasn't allowed to write scene or write scenes for them like that? Correct. So he states, I did my usual thing when I do these adaptions of trying to yeah. fix things that I think need fixing in the story and fixing in the science. Not so much with the characters, because the characters are fairly well established in a screenplay. Some things they said to take out and some things they left alone. Some of the things they said to take out I thought were silly and would have improved the book. One thing that request that bothered him is I expected to see that developed further, the relationship between Finn and Rey. I expected to see that developed further in The Last Jedi, Foster said. And Zero happened with it. And we all know why Zero happened with it. And there's no need to go in in depth. But sadly, that's just the way things are. So he was forced to remove any inclination of a romance between the characters in his Force Awakens book. And the will they, won't they, because they, they do the, the will they, won't they of, of Raylo. So he, they literally had him take things out because they wanted to go in the direction of Raylo. Or, or maybe not that yet, but they had something to go in a different direction. Yes. Yeah, I, I, bet, I bet that they... That's sure. No, I'm sure they probably were they planning, planning Raylo, and I and I don't. And so to the Raylo fans out there that love Raylo, fantastic. Yeah. But they literally, with the, the chemistry, there was chemistry there with Finn and Ray, and you could have gone forward with that. Yes. But instead, they decided to go in the that different direction. And so the last thing 
the stereotypes that was written by Jarella Cox. She says, let's be clear. When young African-American men and women see Star Wars, they may not even think about the skin color of the protagonists. But the subtext of Finn's background and the story do not help them understand that they are or should be full and equal citizens with all the privileges and rights entailed. So again, as we've talked about, like when we are watching the movie, we may not even think about the skin color, but it, it doesn't give the power to the people, for instance, young African-American men and women, it doesn't give them the power to think that could be me. Exactly. Well, they may not even think negatively. It's they don't have a character that they can think about and say that could be me. We have tons of them. We have Ray. What like we have Ray, we have Luke, we have Anakin, we have everybody. We have everybody. We have everybody. And they still everybody. don't have one. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I, and I mean and the argument there might be even, you know, for Mace Windu, but I the thing I say to that is that you never really get no to good development on him and it's really just the the only time you really see him in action is once on geonosis kind of and then after that the next in the movies anyway yes the next time you see him in action uh is when he gets killed completely agree so i mean like again yes you have two characters before the sequel trilogy of lando Calrissian and mace windu who i think are really cool characters but they are not the main characters at all and you don't really you they're they're difficult yeah. to see yourself as that person because again mace window is this huge powerful jedi and stoic and you don't learn really anything about him and lando calrissian is a really talented pilot but he also betrays his friends when we first meet him and so again like not the best portrayal but again he turns he yeah. turns around and again i really like that character but then there's no other character for for people of color to relate to. And there are millions, again, not even the Star Wars mm -hmm. universe, millions of characters for white people to care about. And there are so few for people of color. And it's just so frustrating. And I understand this sounds weird coming from two white guys talking about this, but it is just, it's so... Yeah. More Star Wars podcasts need to talk about this. We need more representation. This is why... The High Republic is a good thing, as as Chris brought up. This is why the Mandalorian is starting to make good decisions. Uh, this is why the Book of Boba is a good thing. Like we need representation, and yeah. Star Wars is not a white person, white white art. It is is that would be disgusting if it was. I wouldn't want to be a part of it if it was. Right. Exactly. You know, you're an it's an entire universe. Gotta have more diversity. Yes. So that that's all I have. Uh, do you have anything else you wanna wanna bring up? No. That uh, we covered everything I had. So good. Made a lot of points. really well. Yeah. This is the end. That I think is gonna wrap up our mm -hmm. episode. I'm sure there are a lot more discussions, a lot more points that we could have brought up. If you would like to talk to us about it, please for sure send us an email at whoshotfirstswpod at gmail.com or interact with us on Twitter at whoshot1swpod. And for sure, please give us 
five-star reviews on whatever you're listening to, whether that's Apple, Google Podcasts, anything, Spotify, Pandora, any of those that does really give get our uh, podcast out there for other people to enjoy. And tell your friends. But that is going to do it for us. Yes, we know this was a heavier topic today. We're going to keep going, diving with these heavier topics, but uh, we will eventually get back to a little, Honor topics, a little lighter, yeah. lighter or, work. But yeah. for now, never tell us the odds. Never tell us the odds. Never tell me the odds. Oh, really? You're cold?